All right, how's it going? Uh, good morning, probably good morning. I assume that you guys are driving in the car on the way to work. Um, this is the second episode of the Theta Gang podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGang.com, and I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. All right, and before we dive in, uh, I just got to put in a little disclaimer here that these are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. Um, I cannot stress how risky options can be, especially if you don't know what you're doing. So make sure that you know you really, really accept all the risk and responsibility here before you dive in um, into any real trades. Uh, but other than that, let's go on ahead and get into this next episode. I'll go ahead and start off this section uh, with what I currently have open. And right now I have Amazon put credit spread open and a uh, Tesla call credit spread open and a at-the-money put credit spread for AMD. The Amazon and Tesla credit spreads are just my usual go-to, like 70% chance of success trades. Um, but what's particularly standing out here is the at-the-money AMD put credit spread, um, which has a lower probability of success that you can see at ThetaGang.com. It has about like a 53% chance. Um, this is a trade that I will not usually do, or the type of trade I would not normally do, um, but it's a trade that I'll use uh, if I'm particularly bullish on something, uh, where I don't want to buy a naked call option, or I don't want to buy like a, a call debit spread, um, but instead I'll just hope that you know it either goes flat or goes up and make the trade a little bit more in my favor with a credit spread. AMD has their earnings call Tuesday after the bell. Um, so if there's a run-up uh, prior to the bell on Tuesday, I'll most likely sell for a profit. Um, otherwise, I'm looking to hold this till, say, Friday if it's still um, or out of the money. So that about wraps it up for the options I currently have open. This week, earnings are still going on, and I'm looking to open up Condors on companies that have a higher IV uh, than usual, or at least higher IV uh, relative to all the other companies. Uh, namely, those are Beyond Meat, AMD, Apple, uh, possibly EA, Twilio, Shopify, Etsy, Pinterest. Uh, those are, to name a few um, on top of my head, that uh, I think have, I have higher than average IV. It's been a while since I've played a few of those companies, but um, you can guarantee that if the IV is you know greater than 100%, I'll definitely be going in. Um, but you can always just follow up or view uh, my trades that are currently open uh, this week uh, at ThetaGang.com. And <laughs> before <laughs> I recorded this part like five times, like <laughs> before I <laughs> before I go on, uh, I just want to talk about Beyond Meat real quick. Um, and I just need to bring up a saying that I've heard over and over again. Uh, that I, I too believe is true and that the market could remain irrational longer than you could be solvent. Everyone in their right mind knows that Beyond Meat will eventually go down, but there needs to be like strict emphasis on the word eventually. Um, entering a short right now on Beyond Meat with its low float, meaning there's not that many shares available, meaning those are rare, I mean per se rare, and so the, you're going to need like a huge miss by beyond in order for this to create a collapse, at least right now. And I can't really see a bearish case in Beyond Meat. And people are just banking on this 
um, plummeting because it's just gone up. I don't think that's rational thinking. I don't think that a stock going up really fast has to go down really fast. Uh, at least, you know, uh, right now where a squeeze maybe looks like it's getting set up but hasn't happened yet. Um, maybe the earnings is the catalyst. I wouldn't bet against Beyond, but I mean, I'm just super neutral on this stock. I'm not bearish. Uh, but I'm also not particularly bullish either, and thus uh, being my thought and consensus, I guess, for the Iron Condor I'm going to be opening up prior to uh, Monday's bell. Alright, diving into the new ThetaGang.com website updates, I now have a cleaner front page, which I feel like I always work on, just because it's like the first thing that people see when they come on, so I want to make it like look very, uh, very simple, you know, very clean. Uh, but so now there's a cleaner front page has the official buttons you can see the new Spotify button which I feel like is a major flex because that feels so cool to look at and hopefully there's gonna be an Apple podcast button because I just submitted Theta Gang to the Apple Store so we'll go and see if that becomes a reality in this next coming week um, another small change is the websites now gray instead of white it's a little bit easier on the eyes and it's supposed to help me separate content a little bit better and um, now you also have to have an account uh, to log in and view the trades that are currently open. But no worries, uh, it's definitely still free to sign up and log in and everything. Everything's free. No worries, no worries. And um, yeah, that's about it. Okay, it's uh, 7.40 p.m. Let's finally dive into today's topic. I am starving, but uh, I gotta go ahead and finish this recording or else I'm probably gonna get too sleepy later. Uh, today's <laughs> I just basically put a journal entry into my podcast. Uh, today's topic is IV crush, and you'll see this term thrown around Reddit a lot. Uh, and I just want to go ahead and shed some light into what it means and how it can influence the trades that you will open in the future. All right, what is IV crush? Uh, to better understand IV crush, let's start with what is IV. IV stands for implied volatility and is one of the metrics that determines a stock options price. All right, so let's take, for example, two very polar stocks. <laughs> uh, so let's look at General Electric Company, currently trades at 1051, but trades in a pretty defined channel of like nine to 11 bucks. And maybe the average move a day is like half a percent. Compare that to Tesla, which on any given day can definitely trade up to like six, seven percent sometimes off of no news, off of some news. But you always can be uh, wary that Tesla will move um, in stock price. And so with that being implied, you have implied volatility. And because Tesla has a higher implied volatility, it's a more expensive stock option. And yes, I get what you're about to say. Uh, Juni, General Electric Company trades at 1051, which is way less than Tesla's 250. And yes, I agree. But given a parallel world where General Electric Company was also trading at 250, um, Tesla stock options would be worth more because the implied volatility is higher because people expect the option price or stock option price of Tesla to move in a more drastic fashion than General Electric. And with that example, I hope that illustrated well enough for you guys why Tesla 
has a higher IV than General Electric and why its stock option prices would be worth more if they had the same stock price. Um, but let's dive into what exactly is IV crush? What does this saying mean and why are so many people affected by it? You'll see the term IV crush being thrown around a lot during earnings season because that's typically when the phenomenon happens. Um, but it's in a nutshell when volatility uh, rapidly shoots down. And just like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, volatility is a metric, uh, a pretty large one in determining how expensive a stock option is. So we could use any of the two examples that we picked earlier, uh, GE or Tesla, but I'll just go and use Tesla because I think people are a little bit more familiar with it. Um, Tesla has a relatively high IV throughout like the whole entire year. However, uh, it does have higher IV as it gets closer and closer to the earnings call because there's more of a chance for it to either like rip or plummet uh, due to like delivery numbers or anything like company-wide announcements that uh, Elon might do and these, these include tweets and etc but it's an uncertain time and when the uncertain time is over the implied volatility drops so let's make a fictional scenario with Tesla and earnings and IV crush if Tesla today is currently trading at 250 and its earnings are today after the bell you can expect its IV to be around 120%, 130%, something absurd. And what that means is, what we know, the option is more expensive than it usually is because there's more uncertainty in the stock. And depending on what side you pick, maybe it's a naked call or naked put, you're going to need to pay a premium to enter the trade because everyone else thinks that it's going to go in either direction really, really far. So you're super bullish on Tesla. Tesla's trading on 250, so you buy the 260 call. You're like, hell yeah, we're gonna get there, we're gonna get in the money, and let's do this. So because you bought the Tesla 260s and IV is super high, your break even for the 260 is also super high. So you not only need Tesla to break 260, but you also need it to beat the premium that you paid. So that means, in this very fictional example, if you paid, you know, let, let, let's make an easy number. If you paid 500 extra dollars to get into this very risky trade, that means you also have to make sure that the option price rises by $500 uh, past your bet to uh, get in the green. So you see that th there's like this inverse relationship of profit and how expensive an option is because you are taking on the uncertainty and paying the premium to the person selling you this position um, because they don't believe it's going to move as far uh, that uh, that you do. So let's say Tesla goes to 260. You're thinking in your head, hell yeah, we got in the money. Where's my money? Where's my attendees? Let's go. But to your dismay in the morning when you open up your you know, Robinhood app or your Tastyworks or Thinkorswim, your account is red or at least the trade is red and you're thinking, what the heck just happened, right? Because it broke 260 and, you know, it's doing relatively well. It's staying flat. It hasn't gone down any bit from there, uh, but I'm in the red. What happened? This phenomenon is IV crush and you could, you don't have to 
be in the red. You can also be green, but definitely not as green as you initially were thinking because the premium that you pay to enter the trade um, did not pay off or the risk that you took to enter the trade did not pay off. The volatility of the option has gone down because the earnings call is finished. Everyone knows what's up and everyone's pricing the options in uh, accordingly. This isn't to say that you should never enter an earnings trade because hell, you do whatever you want and it's your money. But if you want to mitigate uh, this IV crush because you know it seems so ines inescapable right what you want to do is instead of buying naked calls or puts uh, if you absolutely want to buy a contract you should open up spreads and while that caps your max loss it also um, makes sure that you know any retraction of uh, theta or any retraction of premium uh, is paid back to you because you sold the further out the money option if you don't know how to open a spread uh, or if you don't know what that last part meant, no worries. I'm going to make sure that there's a podcast episode exclusively for that. And But just know that IV Crush is a, definitely a thing and there are ways around it. You can also open up the trade to have an expiration further down the road, uh, meaning that like you're option that you're buying doesn't expire the week of the earnings rather it expires further maybe like two months down then your IV hit is a lot less uh, though the option costs more because there's more time premium on it but you are less susceptible to IV crush all right and with that it wouldn't be theta gang if I didn't tell you about how we can take advantage of IV crush all right and it wouldn't be theta gang if I didn't talk about how you can take advantage of IV crush Let's take the Tesla example we were using before, and uh, you bought the 260 call when Tesla was trading at 250. Someone on this earth, whether it be your broker or someone laying down in their bed with Robin Hood, sold you the uh, 260 call. That person, just like you, wants to make money, and that person needs the stock price to not go above 260 um, plus the price of the option that was paid. And you can kind of see maybe where the price of the option matters for the person selling it. Because when you take on the risk of selling an option, um, time is on your side, right? If the option that someone buys from you expires worthless, you keep the credit or the premium that you received on opening the trade with said person. So going into more specific, the example that we used before, if Tesla, you know, normally trading at 250, you bought the 260 from someone that sold you the 260 and the stock goes to 260, you probably have lost money on the trade because it needs to go further than 260. Um, ideally 260 plus the cost of the contract for you to make any money. And so this lies the thesis of Theta Gang, right? We are, or I am, the person that sells you the 260 because me entering the trade selling you 260 gives me a probability of success of 70%, and it gives you the probability of success of somewhere around 30. And when, when this happens over a large frequency of time, I should still remain profitable 
um, while you can still be profitable, absolutely profitable, um, it's more likely in a mass amount of trades that if I keep my bets consistent and in line with my goals and not suscept myself to swing trading, which I believe I'm not good at, then uh, selling options is the role for me. And I want to just touch briefly on why selling options it has a higher percentage of success than um, buying an option. And it's because, for example, when I sold you the 260 call, I profit if the stock price either goes flat or goes down. When you buy a naked call option, for example, the, yeah, again, the 261 that I sold you, not only do you need it to only go up, that's one scenario, versus the flat or down for me, but not only do you need it to go up, you need it to go up a lot. Like for example, what if Tesla on that earnings call went up, but it only went to 254? That's great for me on the other side, selling you the 260, because that is so far out the, the money that I just keep all the premium. And just to play devil's advocate, I just wanna say that while your returns on selling options is not as lucrative as buying options, um, it's clearly defined. I feel like there's a lot less emotion into it because you know your max loss if you you know if you sell a spread rather than selling naked. Um, but again, everyone has their own trading style. If you're more into these 10,000% returns uh, once in a while, but you know losing more frequently, uh, then buying options is probably for you. Rather, on the other side, if you want more consistent wins and you're not looking for a 10,000% return in like a day, then you know selling options is pretty fun too. All right, that about wraps it up for episode two. Uh, today's topic was IV crush. I hope to, in the future, have uh, a little bit easier uh, podcast topics, maybe just strictly talking about what a call option is, a put option, iron condor, um, like leading up to the strategies that I show on Theta Gang. Um, but, you know, I thought it'd be pretty thematic if I talked about IV Crush for this episode. Um, but that's just a little bit of insight on what you can expect in future episodes. Alright, and before we head out to the outro, I want to go ahead and give an update on the Snap YOLO bet from last week. Um, a user on Reddit had spent r roughly $230,000 on roughly 17,000 shares of Snap. And with Snap earnings over, and if we assume that he sold at the bell this last Friday, he has made a $65,000 profit um, on Snap earnings alone in that week. So kudos to him. I would never advocate anyone listening to this podcast to ever do anything like that. But it's always interesting and it's always fun just uh, keeping up with everyone's YOLO bets uh, because I feel like I get the same amount of excitement from just reading about it than um, actually just putting my money all in on something. So that's a little update for you. And I have a um, YOLO for this week. So as we all know, Google last week beat earnings and they rised 10%. Um, this person on Reddit spent $20,000 in in-the-money Google calls, betting that this continuation of the uptrend will continue following this week. And just as like a little detail, this person's price of entry on the trade was specifically $24,800, um, but it's down already 4 k 
So it's decreased $4,000 in value um, just off of Friday, and it's going to exponentially decrease in value as it gets closer and closer to expiration. So um, they're going to need Google to really, really continue this uptrend, or else they're going to be um, really, really feeling theta as it gets closer to Friday. This type of YOLO, though, doesn't come without due diligence. This person has noted that there's three earnings dates where Google has beat and continued rising for the next three or four days. They mentioned Google's cloud has taken market share from uh, Amazon and Microsoft. They also mentioned that sales are up 19.7% and that the current P&E ratio of Google is at 22, which is really, really fair. And just one more super quick note, like this is again one of those trades where you buy an option and I just calculated this in uh, my broker app and this has a 34% chance of breaking even by Friday. So this is a real life example of how someone is taking a you know 30-ish percent bet against someone that sold it to him or her uh, for like a 70% like chance of profit. I almost feel for this person because it must suck getting into this like very YOLO scenario but then being 4k down the hole already he or she like mentioned that they entered the trade like 15 minutes before the bell or before the bell close and so you know being down 4 or 5k on a 25k position uh, would make me feel stuck uh, I just can't fathom what that would feel like being in that deep uh, with that much on the line and being down so much and then maybe having second thoughts over the weekend that <laughs> that that is the type of stress I do not need and is one of the biggest reasons why I don't do yellows so that wraps it up for my second podcast remember to visit thetagang.com check out my patreon at patreon.com slash thetagang and follow me on twitter at real thetagang and I just want to, right before this podcast, and I just want to say one more time, thank you for all the people that have been um, supportive of me, that have already signed up on ThetaGang.com, or that, you know, reach out to me on Twitter and make funny comments. Like, you guys are the best, and this would not be anywhere near where it is without your guys' support. So thank you, uh, and I'm just, again, entirely grateful for everything that's happened so far, and I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Thanks.